it's year C, which means we are with Luke until Advent, and Luke does not have a single Hosanna in his gospel. We added that for the litany today. In Luke's account, Jesus does ride into Jerusalem on a colt. The crowd does get excited, and they do put their cloaks on the ground as they would for a military leader in a military parade. Luke says, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, but he comes on a donkey and not a war horse. The second part echoes words from Luke's gospel earlier. Luke says, peace, when, when Jesus is born, Luke says, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. He reminds people that Jesus is no earthly king, no wealth, no luxury, no authority, one of peace, not might. Palm Sunday slash Passion Sunday. Sweet, bitter, sweet, holy week. The lectionary text, as I mentioned, includes several chapters. In fact, some seminary professors suggest that you do not preach on Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday. You just read every word. The beginning of this bittersweet week, beautiful moments, like we've already enjoyed this morning. And difficult moments that I suspect we will experience this week. Aren't most weeks bitter, sweet? Beginning with a parade, that's sweet. But are they doing it for their love of Jesus, or are they doing it for their love of Israel? Palm Sunday is a great Sunday to preach on the evils of nationalism. They were really happy when they thought Jesus was about to lead an Israel first rally. Palm branches are widely recognized, not only for kings, but for military victory. But Jesus' use of the donkey represents someone who is coming to bring peace as opposed to arriving on a steed in war. The Pharisees are catching on. Hey, hey, Jesus, we, stop your followers here. They know, the Pharisees know. He's been hanging out with them for three years, or actually most of his life. That's, the, the Pharisees were his, his group. They know that he is not what they are hoping for in a Messiah. They know that Jesus has no illusions of grandeur or earthly power. In fact, in the lesson that John read, it says that Jesus willingly emptied himself. This cheering crowd will soon become the jeering crowd. You know, these are the folks who Jesus had fed with loaves and fish. He had healed them. He had exercised their demons. And yet, it is their cry of praise 
that will become crucify him, crucify him in just a few days. COVID was, is bitter. But maybe we can let those COVID years form us more deeply as Jesus' disciples, as we come every day into a fuller understanding of our faith that teaches us that God can work for good in all things. You know, we had uh, the last two Palm Sundays in our homes. We had our last two Tenebrae services in our homes. Remember the red curtains in my basement and the candles? So grateful to be in this sanctuary with all of you this morning. Life is lived in tension. Tension between hopes and fears. Tension between the bitter and the sweet. As Paul tells us, we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Joanna Collicutt in Church Times writes of COVID, and I really like this. She writes, Christianity is always about post-traumatic growth. The transformation of the utterly grim, the wreckage of disappointment into something that eventually brings life and hope. Please note, she continues, this is not what does not kill us makes me stronger, but this absurdly subversive notion that it is what kills us that makes us stronger. Deaths, changes, endings, those things that make us so uncomfortable the bitter sometimes are the very things that bring us more fully into the kingdom of God on earth, more fully into the sweetness of life in ways we had not imagined. Do you remember ever asking in your life, wow, how did things turn so badly so quickly? taking care of an aging loved one, perhaps. And you know that, that they're aging, but day to day, everything kind of looks the same. Then one day, you ring the doorbell, and they cannot answer it. Such was my experience this week. The beginning of, of last week looked really bleak for me, but I am happy to say that my sister Judy is, is much better today. But it doesn't always turn out that way, and life can change in a New York minute. Jesus went from triumphant hero to death in one of the most horrible ways humans have ever devised to kill someone. And I wish you could have seen the children's faces respond as I read that story this morning. Jesus gets us. He gets this human gig. Humans have agency. We talked about that last week. We have free will. Yet Jesus' entry into Jerusalem reminds us that there is so much we do not have control over that not even the human Jesus had control of. 
I don't think Jesus wanted the week that was coming. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? When Jesus prays, if there's any way out of this, let's, let's try that. Liturgically, tomorrow, Monday, is the day when Jesus curses the fig tree and when he gets really mad and goes into the temple and turns over the tables of the money changers. I don't think that's exactly how Jesus wanted his Monday to go. Tuesday of Holy Week is worse. His dear friend Peter denies even knowing him. Wednesday is when his friend Judas decides that he's going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver, and then Judas gets upset that same day because Mary spent too much money on the perfume to anoint Jesus' body for burial. Monday, Thursday is the last supper, supper, probably a Passover meal, the institution of the Eucharist, and that's when Jesus is betrayed and arrested. As Jesus and the disciples ate their final meal together, he washed the disciples' feet, and this is where we get the word Monday, a new commandment I give to you, Jesus said, that you love one another even as I have loved you. This, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then on Good Friday, God died. I have always thought of Holy Week as our efforts to walk with Jesus. But what if Holy Week is not just about something that happened 2,000 years ago? What if it's about 2022? and Jesus walking with us. Walking with us through our betrayals, our anger, our broken relationships, our physical suffering on our way to our deaths. Into humanity's deaths, depths and sadness and suffering, Christ came taking the form of a slave Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Jesus is God in solidarity with humans. God descended. First thing I read this morning was Richard Rohr's thoughts for the day, and he suggested that most of us start the journey assuming that God is up there and that our job is to transcend this world to find God up there somewhere. But this week, may we find Christ down here. For in our image of God up there, we miss the Christ here. And again, as John read, God lifteth him up, which we'll talk about next week. Luke's account of Palm Sunday, as we've come to call it, is a difficult one because it ends with weird words. It ends with, if I tell you, oh, excuse me, I tell you, if these people were silent, the stones would shout out. What does that even mean? Well, you have to know Habakkuk, the Old Testament prophet, who wrote during a really difficult time. The Assyrians were destroying city after city. People were in so much pain. It reminds me of what's happening in Ukraine today. Habakkuk cries out to God, how long? How long can we cry out for help and you not do anything? Why aren't you listening to us, God? The prophet cries. 
God makes it clear that every single injustice that humans have endured in the hands of the enemies, God has seen and God has heard. Last week we, we sang his eye is on the sparrow. But God and humans have to work together. God does not coerce. God says to Habakkuk, the very, this is the passage Jesus is quoting, the very stones will cry out from the wall and the plaster will respond from the woodwork. God says that even inanimate objects are crying out at injustice and pain. And God hears and God suffers with us. So when Jesus uses these words from Habakkuk, he's telling the Pharisees that in the face of this injustice, it is unjust what they're about to do to him. In the face of betrayals and lies, nothing is going to stop people from crying out. And when people cry out, the rocks cry out, they're crying, God save us, which is the word Hosanna. And whether it's with Hosannas or palm branches, cloaks laid on the ground, or stones, or human voices. God hears, God listens, God suffers with us. The story of Holy Week is the story of a God who knows suffering. I was reminded when Allison was talking about the magnet with the crucifix, a professor once said to me, you got to preach the blood and guts of Calvary. It's not a shiny piece of jewelry. A real body with real blood. Will we be with God in God's suffering this week? We only have our suffering to deal with, which is usually quite enough. But God is experiencing the suffering of every person on the planet. Will we be with God's suffering that causes us to cry out in compassion for justice this week and next week? And may we remember, though we know not what lies ahead any week of our lives, God goes with us. Amen.